Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Welcome to Strange Familiars. You know the question, Allison. Answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing well. I hear tonight is a special creature double feature. It is. Edition got, of Strange Familiars. We've got two Bigfoot stories tonight. We're going to be talking. That's four feet for those counting. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually two plus because Shannon has a Bigfoot. We're going to call it a Bigfoot. She's okay. something upright that was taller than an NBA player running beside her car, which was going, she said, at least 70 or 80 miles an hour. People can't do that. People can't do that. This thing was almost nine or 10 feet tall. She said she was being a good witness and saying, you know, I don't want to say it's a Bigfoot for mm -hmm. sure. I'm not 100% sure it was covered with hair, but she thinks it was, but it does just call it a Bigfoot. Okay. She has a second sighting where she saw something with red eyes when she was, it had the spooky night in the cemetery. So that may or may not be Bigfoot. But then we'll talk with Vincent, who has this really neat sighting where he and his wife both saw something unusual. He saw a great big grizzly bear, mm -hmm. and she saw Bigfoot at the same time. Oh, we've had this before, right? Where both, like, two people are looking at something and they see, wasn't there one time when someone saw something black and someone saw something white? Yes, it's my favorite Bigfoot encounter. It was Cage's Bigfoot encounter from, from the show here. He saw a white Bigfoot. His friend saw black Bigfoot, and then his other friend saw nothing at all. So it's just really, really interesting. There's a name for that philosophical theory about, you know, when you die, that everyone sees exactly what they have planned to see. So maybe that applies to Bigfoot as well. You know, I think there really might be something to that. Because that's why people have, like, near-death experiences, and it, it seems to be particular to them. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's almost like the other skins this stuff, you know, for the individual. For whatever reason, like this, like that, is it trying to get an impact and it knows to get the most impact from this person, whatever impact that is, whether it's wonder mm -hmm. or horror or fear or whatever, this person needs to see a white Bigfoot. This person needs to see a black Bigfoot. This person needs to see a dog man. This person needs to see a goat man, you know, this whatever. This person needs to fall asleep in the back of the car and miss the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how it works, but it's super interesting. So we'll get to his report second. Before we get to either of them, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much, patrons. You make Strange Familiars possible. If you'd like to help the show and get extra content, 
We have almost 90 patron episodes right now. We add two more every month, two exclusive episodes for our patrons every month. If you like what we do and you want to help support the show, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars is the best way to help us. There's all different tiers of support there. There's options to pay monthly or there's options to pay yearly. Whatever tier of support you choose, you are helping us and you will get those extra episodes of Strange Familiars. You get almost 90 as soon as you sign up and you get two more every month. Once again, thank you patrons. And if you want to help, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All right, let's go ahead and talk with Shannon. She's got some poltergeist stuff. She saw a shadow person in her house when she was young as well. And then she has the Bigfoot account and that maybe Bigfoot account. So she's got a good variety of stuff to talk about. So let's go ahead and hear her stories. We're talking with Shannon, who has a number of encounters starting from when she was very young in Girl Scouts. How are you doing tonight, Shannon? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. If I'm remembering correctly, you said you were about 11 years old when this first one happened? Yeah, so it was um, the summer of eighth grade. You know, it was my Girl Scout troop, so we were all between like 11 and 13 years old. Okay. All right. So in that age range. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So what had happened was, is my mom, she was actually our troop leader. And so we had two other chaperones with us. We all went on a trip that summer after we had graduated eighth grade. So we went out to Savannah, Georgia, which was the birthplace of the founder of the Girl Scouts. It was, it was pretty cool. Pretty old place, a lot of history. We visited some pretty creepy landmarks and plantations. And we did some headstone rubbings and guided ghost walks. It, it was awesome. The adults really did a great job on keeping it interesting. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Yeah. So for the first leg of the trip, we actually stayed in a pretty interesting motel, <laughs> to say the least, um, only because the trip itself is pretty expensive. We had a lot of stuff planned, so you know you got to kind of cut costs wherever you can for the most part. Mm-hmm. So one of the first nights we were there, we actually did the the guided ghost tour and we took rubbings from the headstones of some pretty popular figures that were buried out in the in the cemetery that we had toured there. And, you know, us being preteens and teenage girls, we all scared each other pretty well. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but the time that we actually got back to the motel, it was pretty late. It was about one o'clock in the morning. Now, the the group of us, we were all kind of separated with, you know, like three girls and one mom to a room. So I was bunked up with my mom and and two of my best friends that I had grown up with since kindergarten. And, you know, being 1 a.m., we're all exhausted. So Mm -hmm. we fell asleep pretty quickly. Now, by the time that like 3 a.m. rolled around, we were all woken up by the sound of shattering glass, which was it was nuts. (laughs) So my mom turns on the light on the nightstand and reaches for her eyeglasses were, which were not there where she had left them. My water glass had been thrown across, across the room and it was shattered against the wall there. There was water and glass everywhere. My mom's glasses were on the other side of the room, bent in half as if like, you know, they had been thrown pretty hard against the wall. All the drawers were pulled out. All the pictures were on their sides. All the faucets were turned on full blast. So like bathtub, the sinks, it was nuts. All of us girls, we were all still in bed and we just started screaming. So so, yeah, (laughs) it was crazy, you know, and as obviously I was raised Catholic. So um, my mom, she had said a prayer to kind of rebuke or get rid of whatever it was that was in that room with us. 
And after we got the room back in order, we turned the water off, cleaned up the broken glass, fixed my mom's glasses, all that kind of stuff. We eventually fell back to sleep with the lights on. But the next day, we had asked if it happened to anybody else in their rooms, and they all said no. So yeah. I don't know what was going on there, but the rest of the trip kind of went without incident. It was it was pretty wild. <laughs> no, it's interesting. It's the night of the ghost walk, though. <laughs> right? And- I don't know if we brought something back with us or what was going on there, but it was it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's all, you know, kind of typical poltergeist stuff. So you wonder about that, you know, the trope of prepubescent and pubescent females, you know, they say that poltergeist energy kind of goes along with that. Oh, exactly. You, you wonder if you're <laughs> going on a on a uh, ghost tour and then and then back to a strange hotel somehow kind of activated something. Right. And it was also a pretty seedy motel, too. So <laughs> it could have been anything that was already in that room, something that we brought back with us. But uh yeah, you didn't it's happen to crazy. ask the, like the hotel manager or anything if if they had occurrences like that. I don't think so. We were only there for one night and then we skipped town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now the second one, this is uh shortly after I had returned home from that Girl Scout trip. It was probably like a month later or so and I started seeing the shadow figure in my house. Now, like, I couldn't really look directly at it. It was only, like, a a glimpse of whatever it was out of the corner of my eye. But I know that he was tall, like a full-grown man. He didn't have a hat on, no features, nothing like that, just, like, a tall, shadowy guy. You know, he'd be standing in the hallway outside of my room or, like, off to the side, kind of partially out of view. But most especially, I saw him in the kitchen at night when, like, all the lights were turned off. Now, I saw this guy for years, like, well into high school. You know, sometimes he would kind of scare me a little bit, <laughs> but uh, eventually he became a pretty regular figure in the house, you know, just walking around the house at night and, and stuff like that. Uh, but there were a few times where I'd wake up in the middle of the night and he'd just be like right directly in my face, like mm. less than an inch from my nose, just like right there. <laughs> so, you know, I'd blink a couple times and he'd be gone, and, but he'd scare me pretty good whenever he did that. And what's crazy is that my mom actually saw him too. He would do the exact same thing to her, like not quite as often as he would get in my face, but she's told me that Mr. Shadow Guy, whoever he is that was lurking around our house at night, he would wake her up in the middle of the night just right there in your face. (laughs) That's a little much. Yeah, pretty intense sometimes, but usually he was just there. Like it wasn't even a thing. It was just some random shadow person walking around our house in the middle of the night. So did you see him walking or did you just see him like in different places stationary? So if I was like in my room doing homework and I'd have my light on, like I would just see a shadow walk past my door. Now, mind you, there was no walking past my door because there was a closet right there. Mm -hmm. So I was at the very end of the hallway and my parents' room was right on the other side. So there was no going past it. I was the last stop. So I don't know if he was coming out of the closet and just walking down the hall or <laughs> what was going on there. But, you know, it was a definite movement of yeah. some kind. Yeah. But it was usually when all the lights were out, we we're all going to bed or at in bed at that time. And usually I would just like go up in, in the middle of the night and get up and go to use the restroom. And I just see him standing at the end of the hallway. Hi. Wow. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. So, for instance, like when you saw him in the kitchen, was he always in the same place or could he be in different places? So the way that our kitchen was set up is you would walk through the dining room and then it was like the the kitchen bar area where the stove would be. 
And then just off to the right was what we had deemed the dog's room. So it was like an open doorway and then just like a, a little foyer type thing that had a, a door that was leading out to the backyard. And he would just stand, be standing right there in the entryway to the dog's room. Did you have a dog? Two. Did they react to it at nope. all? Nope. Interesting. So would you say you, it was, you would more often see it in your peripheral? Yeah, more often than not. You know, because anytime I would flick the light on, it was gone. I'm just interested in that because I've, you know, I've had a number of people say like paranormal stuff in general, but in particular shadow people, like that you just catch them in your peripheral vision more than you do just seeing them out. Yep. Yep. But I suppose when you wake up and it's just in your face, it's, there's no periphery there. Yeah, there's no periphery there. He's right there in your face. There's no denying it. (laughs) And can you make out any features or it's just still just. Nope. Just a big blank shadow in the shape of a tall man. Huh. This is one thing I've not seen. So I'm curious about, do you see through them like a shadow? No, he's blacker than black. There's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know that I would have gotten used to it though. I don't know. Yeah. I guess maybe after years, I mean, like, it's like I talked to some people, you know, you got to sleep, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You got to live where you live. Exactly. And the first couple of months, you know, and mind you, the people that own that house before us, you know, they were a well-to-do Asian family. They didn't really have anything going on there. They kept the house up pretty well. So I, I don't think there was any sort of weird incidents that happened in that house prior to us moving in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were only the second people to own that house since it was built. Do your parents still live there? No. Okay. I was going to ask if, they, if you're still seeing it. No. No. And when I asked my mom um, after she moved... You know, if, if she had seen the, the shadow guy any time after I had moved out. And she was like, yeah, once or twice, but he kind of just went away after you left. Huh. Yeah. I, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I, it no. <laughs> but it's, it's completely fascinating to me. Right. He was a fun one. He started to become a, a good friend of mine because I didn't have any siblings. So <laughs> 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 when I'd see him in the middle of the night, I'd wake up. Hi, how you doing? What's going on? Go and use the restroom. I'll yeah, see you in a little I, while. <laughs> I mean, that's better than being panicked, I suppose. And yeah, you know, for the first couple of months, though, you know, when I started seeing him, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, and I was, you know, dropping in my grades, and I was just freaking all the way out. But eventually, I just I got over it. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, yeah, you, you got to sleep, you got to live where you live. You know, exactly. The next encounter that I had. Now, this is. It's kind of a weird one. <laughs> I was in my early 20s, so obviously I had hit 21 and I was, I was having fun. <laughs> yeah. But I had actually went on a road trip to, uh, to Salt Lake City with my boyfriend at the time. And we kind of took a super scenic route, both there and back. So I think I was probably like 22 years old or um, maybe a, a little bit older, but not much. And uh, we were driving out in the middle of nowhere, like somewhere in northern Arizona would be my guess, because it just it looked like we were still on the reservation, like the Native American reservation land. Mm-hmm. And we've been driving for several hours and it was it was already pretty dark. So we had stopped at a hotel that had like all this Native American art and like totem poles outside, which totems in Arizona is just kind of strange to begin with, because that's not really our uh our culture here for the yeah, it's a kind of a Northwest thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it was just, you know, trying to be chintzy and, and cute and it did that. It was definitely a cute little place, but they had like pictures of authentic teepees and like 
historical artifacts in the lobby. And it was it was a pretty nice place, like log cabin style building. Well, the second floor had like big vaulted ceilings and stuff. It was pretty cool. So we had actually checked in for the night. We went to our room, got ready for bed. And right after I closed my eyes, I could feel like this angry, dark presence in the room with us. Like it just something did not want us to be there. So like I kind of ignored the feeling like I did with my shadow friend and I just rolled over, you know, and when, uh, when I was rolling over, I had opened my eyes and I could make out this massive eagle top totem in the corner of the room right by the door with like red glowing eyes, wings outspread, the beaks open like it's screeching, like, you know, like it's trying to catch its prey or towards a predator or something like that. So I turned the lights on and it's gone. Essentially, you saw like a totem pole there. Yeah, it was a, it was like a, a three stack totem. It had like I don't know if it was a bear and then a wolf and then an eagle, but it was definitely something something and then the eagle on top. Eagle at the top, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know that was creepy. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm I'm probably just tired and having a hard time falling asleep in a strange place. So turn the light off. I roll over the other way to to face my boyfriend and close my eyes, and not even three seconds later shattering glass again really (laughs) it was so crazy so the boyfriend pops up he turns the lights on again my water glass is across the room in a million pieces all the faucets are on full force all the pictures are on their side all the drawers are pulled out the exact same thing that happened in savannah happens like a decade later wow (laughs) i say it's you (laughs) it's got to be me something (laughs) still that's so weird yeah yep so again i i say my prayers and fall asleep with the lights on and the next morning we left out of there as soon as it was light yeah do you or have you before had sleep paralysis nope okay Mm-mm. yeah no nothing like that i i can normally fall asleep and stay asleep pretty well i don't really remember my dreams that often so when i can clearly recall something like this i know i was wide awake <laughs> yeah yeah wow that's, that's so weird that it kind of repeated a decade later yeah like, really can't you just leave me alone <laughs> i'm trying to sleep here wow not to out you for your age but 36 okay so have you stayed at other hotels since then oh yeah okay. yeah and nothing nothing ever like this has ever come up and it's been over a decade, and I've stayed in hotels since then. We actually just got back. My current boyfriend and I, we just got back from a trip out to uh, Missouri, and we stayed at a couple of hotels along the way, and nothing. Well, that's good. So, <laughs> so it's nothing you have to worry every time you leave town, like something's going to happen. Right? Yeah. Now, on that same trip, on the way back home, we were coming through like northern New Mexico, and again, it's probably like 2 or 3 in the morning. It's super-duper dark two-lane highway, no streetlights, no other cars, and the boyfriend at the time, he's driving, and we're, we're going, you know, a good 80, 85, 90 miles an hour, mm-hmm. big, long straightaway, so it, it really wasn't a big deal, and I'm actually, I'm wide awake because it's supposed to be my turn driving, but, you know, we couldn't find a gas station to pull over and switch, and there was absolutely no way that I was going to pull over on the side of the road on a dark two-lane highway in the middle of the night just to switch sides. Mm-hmm. No thanks. So I'm staring at, at the passenger window. 
there's a big mountain on our right. It's it's a good clip back. It, it's quite a ways back there, the mountain is. And, you know, I'm just staring there trying to make out the outline of the mountain against, like, the black stars in the sky and, and all that kind of stuff. And so the moon itself was kind of overclouded, but it still was giving off, like, enough light to see the road ahead of us mm-hmm. on top of the high beams. And then all of a sudden, this, like, impossibly tall humanoid figure thing appears outside my window and it's it's probably like a quarter of a football field away and it's running like fast it's keeping up with the car and we're going 85 90 miles an hour yeah it was definitely taller than like the nba basketball players that i've met in my life Mm -hmm. and i actually went to high school with one that played for whatever new york team it is out there I don't follow basketball, but in any case, (laughs) so it had to be close to like eight or nine feet tall. And so I'm nudging the boyfriend, trying to get him to look at it, but you know, we're driving super fast and he refused to take his eyes off the road. But you know, like I couldn't tell what color it was because it was so dark out, but it looked as if it could have possibly been covered in hair. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but it was definitely running up light on two legs like a human arms going and everything. So like I rolled the window down to see if I could hear anything, but I obviously I couldn't hear anything over, you know, the, the wind and the tires and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This goes on for a good five minutes. Wow. So it kept pace with you for five minutes. Yeah. A good solid five minutes. Wow. At least. It's running on the passenger side of the car, essentially. Yeah, exactly. How how far, you know, into the desert or field or wherever you're, you're driving there was it um probably a quarter of a football field away i mean it was less than 50 yards yeah i mean close enough to get a good look at yeah yeah close enough to see how tall it was and that it was probably hairy ish yeah <laughs> for... but there should have been nothing going that fast you know running along the side of the car that right fast. right <laughs> i don't know if it was on sasquatch chronicles or another bigfoot podcast but i I do remember someone telling a story of one running it and they said they were going about 70 miles an hour. And yeah. You're going at a pretty good clip. This thing was keeping pace with them. Now I don't know that it was for five minutes. That's the thing that's really, I, I think their story was just like, it was just for a short time, you know? Oh, this went on for a good long while. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. chalk went up to the can't be a natural animal thing for right? me. But, uh, <laughs> I was thinking maybe it's a like a wolf or a coyote or something because we're out in the middle of nowhere. It's northern New Mexico. There's nothing out there. Mm-hmm. But this thing was tall and on two feet. Now, I know northern New Mexico can have some mountains. Is this mountainous or is this kind of flat where you're driving? Yeah, no, there there was definitely a mountain, um, which was quite a ways off the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I was staring out the window at in the first place. You know, I was staring at the mountain. Right, and but, all of a sudden, I see this thing out my window. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> but where you're driving is, is pretty flat. The road itself was flat. And mm-hmm. then there was there was no mountains on the driver's side, but there was a, a big, tall mountain on my side. Okay. All right. So, and, and where this thing's running, is it rough ground or pretty flat? It had to been pretty rough, I would imagine. Yeah. It's the middle of the desert. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. But after like five minutes, it eventually changed its direction. It started heading towards the mountain out of sight. Wow. I don't know. And I don't remember any weird lights in the sky or mm-hmm. anything like that. But, and I'm not saying that it's 
Bigfoot or right. Sasquatch gotcha. or anything yeah. like that. But again, northern New Mexico, weird stuff happens. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's quite a long time. And and the boyfriend didn't look over once. No. That's frustrating. Right? I'm like, look at this thing. You're yeah. We're on a straight lane highway. Just look over for two seconds and see this thing. Yeah. So now I don't want to get us into a wreck. Get us into a wreck with what? There's nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, I think it's true. I think sometimes it's it's not for them. You know, it's, it's it was for you maybe and not for him. Perhaps. For whatever that, you know, that, I don't know for what purpose. But, uh, yeah, I, I think sometimes people just don't want any part of it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, That's a really cool encounter. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty wild. And, uh, you know, naturally I went home and I told my mom and she didn't believe me. She was like, ah, whatever. I was like, no, mom, I swear. Like, and then the same thing happened that happened at the first hotel that we stayed at at Girl Scouts. And she was like, okay, well, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. But this, this thing running along the side of the car, that's not weird. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Whatever, mom. Now the same boyfriend is on this trip that won't look out the window. It was probably like a year later and we go out to Missouri for a funeral. And the night that we get into town, we go over to a, a friend's house, one of his friend's house to, you know, hang out and they were drinking and, and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I just, I was tired. <laughs> I didn't want to have anything to do with anything, but it was like a super still night. There was no wind, no clouds. I don't know if it was a full moon, but I know that the moonlight was like super bright and there's it's Missouri. So there's a lot of bugs, you know, and it, it's getting, pretty late at night you know we're in the wee hours maybe like midnight one two something like that in the morning we all decide that you know we're going to take a a trip into the woods and check out this old schoolhouse from like the early 1900s or 1800s or something like that that's got a pretty sad story attached to it i guess that the uh the schoolhouse itself had been burnt down with everybody inside Ooh, yeah yeah so we're all at the burial site with like the teacher being closest to the road and the the site itself it's probably a good 10 miles or so into the woods but you know the the boys they had been there before so they found it without issue and we were like making our way deeper into the clearing so this is a 10 mile hike or this is you can drive drive drive. okay we were driving driving down dirt road Mm -hmm. gotcha yeah and it's right there off the road like you it's a good five steps and you're right there. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was pretty close to the road itself. So, you know, I'm just, I'm doing my thing, you know, cause I, apparently I like graveyards. I don't understand what's wrong with me, but apparently I do. And, <laughs> uh, good company. That's, that's all right. <laughs> spent many an hour in, in the graveyard. Absolutely. So we're going into the clearing and I'm, I'm checking out the headstones and I, I'm saying a little prayer for all the, the little, we children that were buried there and it was kind of sad and I was getting a little emotional. I was getting a little choked up. All of a sudden, all the leaves and the trees start shaking, but there's no wind out of nowhere. Like it's complete dead air and all the leaves are shaking. It's super loud, you know, cause I mean, we're in the woods, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of trees around, around us. And I look up, back further into into where it starts to get wooded again and I see these two glowing eyes about six feet up off the ground right at the tree line and they're probably a solid 100 yards away from me maybe a little bit more 
it's quite a ways away, but I can see him clear as day that there is these two red glowing eyes, you know, about eye height off the ground. Mm-hmm. So the leaves keep shaking and the boyfriend says, do you hear that? I'm all, yeah, it's got to be the wind. And, and his buddy's all, yeah, but there's no wind. So what is that? And so I pointed to, to the two eyes and then we all three hear very loudly, get out. Mm. And I could feel this sound in my chest. Like it was a deep voice. There was only one voice. It wasn't like it was multiple voices at a time. There was no echo or anything like that. But it did sound like it was coming from all directions at once. Well, you don't have to tell me twice. So yeah, yeah. we all turn around and book it back to the car. The guys are already running. And so we all jump in the car. We go speeding down the dirt road the back the same way that we came from. And when we make it back to his buddy's house, we all get out and we notice like these fresh streaks in the dust on the side of the car. I'm like, dude, what is that? Like, do you have kids or what's going on? Like, no, this is a rental. It's not even our car. It's a rental car. Like, what do you know? We don't have kids or anything like that. But on the back of the window were these fresh little kid handprints all over the dust. Oh, wow. And like the, the streaks were obviously in like streaks of fingerprints. Like there was, you know, three or four. Mm-hmm. They were smaller. So it looked like it could have been made by a child's fingers. But it, it's absolutely not possible that they were there prior to the trip because it was freshly washed at the rental agency before we left. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably put quite a bit of dust on it going back that dirt road. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know, but little kid handprints. Wow. All over the car. (laughs) And his buddy's like, what is that? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Where did you take us? Wow. That's (laughs) creepy. Yeah, it was was pretty wild, pretty spooky. So, everybody heard the voice when it said Everybody heard it. Yeah. And we all turned around at the same time and booked it back to the car. Wow. That sounds like, oh. So I don't know if they have bear there. Um, bears are the only, like, large animal here, at least in Pennsylvania, that, that can have red eye shine mm-hmm. that I know of. But, you know. And it was bright moonlight. And we're in, like, northern Missouri. So probably there's bears, I would guess. Yeah, probably. And it's summer, so it's time, mm-hmm. you know. But you know that that combined with everything else is uh <laughs> is you know that's, that's when you have these multiple things happening yeah yeah huh. that's it that's about uh all the weirdness that i've had in in my life and uh <laughs> it, thankfully everything has stopped now that yeah. i'm i'm getting into my older years and i've started <laughs> to calm down a little bit you know like everything has stopped <laughs> assuming whatever you saw out the window was bigfoot let's just let's just call it that for shorthand okay and you would have a chance to see it again, and it would you would be guaranteed it would be a safe encounter. Like, there's it's not going to run screaming at you. There's no violence involved. It's going to be a safe encounter. Maybe it's just standing there. Maybe you see it running again. Would you choose to see it again? I mean, if I knew it was going to be like a Harry and the Hendersons type thing, probably. You're, you're, yeah, you're guaranteed <laughs> safe. Like, of course, no one can guarantee anything. But, yeah, I, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like... Some people never want to lay eyes on them again. You know what I mean? I always kind of ask that to kind of gauge, you know, people's encounters and so forth. I I know yeah. uh, 
I've had some... It wasn't really a terrifying thing for me. So there, there's nothing that would kind of shy me away from anything like that. I, mm-hmm. I'm naturally, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to get a better look at whatever the heck that thing was. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it sounded like it wasn't, it was more weird than terrifying. Just strange. Like, what yeah. are you doing running this fast next to my car in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night? Yeah, and for that long. And for that long. Yeah, so if you were going, you know, minimum 70 and it was five, you know, it ran next to you for at least five miles, you know? At least. Yeah, yeah. That is... Like, don't you get tired? <laughs> go home and go to sleep. <laughs> wow. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Thank um, you for having me. I appreciate it. And keep it strange. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I hope that, that, you know, there's nothing scary that happens. But uh, if anything else weird happens, you know where we are. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. You guys have a good night. All right. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Next, we're going to talk with Vincent. Again, he saw a bear, but he saw a big bear, a bear that was probably too big to be where it should have been. He's like the size of a big grizzly bear. His wife saw a Bigfoot. They both agreed that it was curiously colored, like almost striped, he said. It was like black and orangish, like the orangutan color, Mm -hmm. brown, almost kind of striped like a raccoon, he said. But they both agreed on the color, and they both agreed on the way it was moving. It's a really, really interesting account. And to add to it, he says... He has a tattoo on his arm that he got years before of a bear that's similarly colored to the one they saw. Yeah, really, really interesting. A self-fulfilling tattoo. Could be. All right, let's go ahead and talk with Vincent. Tonight we're talking with Vincent, who has a really interesting encounter he's going to share with us. I'm really excited about getting this because it sounds a little bit like another encounter we had on some time back. I've often said it's my favorite Bigfoot encounter. It was the encounter of Gage, if you remember, all the way back to that episode. And I should have looked up the title, and I didn't. Gage saw a white Bigfoot creature come down out of the tree, and his friend saw a black creature come out of the tree. He's with two friends, and the third friend saw nothing at all. Very, very interesting encounter. And Vincent's encounter is somewhat like this. It's a little bit different, and I'm super happy to get it. How are you doing tonight, Vincent? 
Oh, great. Happy to be here, Jim. Thanks for coming on. So as much as you're comfortable, share when and where this happened. Okay, yes. Fortunately, I can tell you a specific date. And that was Mother's Day weekend of 2019. Because we were in Richland County, Wisconsin, which is part of the Driftless region of Wisconsin, an area that's called that because it didn't get crushed by the glacier like everything else. It was very hilly. And we were going there to see my grandmother, who was who had just turned, let's see, 98 at that point in time. And uh, she's still with us, and um, hopefully we're going to get there back there pretty soon. But yes, we were going to see her over Mother's Day weekend. This is, you know, 2019, so it's pre-pandemic. Everything is at a certain normal. And it's a, it's a good drive. I live in Milwaukee, and it's a good drive to the other side of the state, to Richland County, where she lives. And as this happened, my wife was driving, and it was clear conditions, and we're going down the country road in Richland County, or approaching Richland County, and we saw, okay, I should just say, in that area, because of the hills, it's common for farmers to plant crops on the lower part of the hill and leave the top wooded because it's just too steep to get a tractor or combine up there. Okay. So we're driving along, and it's very hilly country, and we're driving past a hill that has a cornfield on it and, and wooded. The upper part of the hill is wooded. And suddenly we both saw something come running out of the cornfield and just running as fast as possibly could. And it was very large, and it seemed to be moving too fast for something that big, which I realize, you know, certain animals can go really fast for short distance. But it was stunning, and, like, we both saw it at the same time. And it took off out of the cornfield and up to this very steep hill. There's probably about 100 yards of clear area between that cornfield in the woods, and we saw it for about five seconds, and we both saw it simultaneously. We were just staring at it, and then it disappeared into the wooded area, and we had a car behind us, and we it's a very narrow road, and we were not able to stick around, mm-hmm. but we both clearly saw something. The kids were asleep in the car, so they didn't see anything. When we got into Richland Center, we talked about it. And I asked her first, well, what did you see? Without kind of revealing what I saw. And she said, oh, I saw Bigfoot. And she was 100% sure that she'd seen a Sasquatch-like primate. And she described it as being kind of like the orangutan character in the Planet of the Apes, like the current one, the, the reboot, not the 1970s one, mm-hmm. but being very large and 
running as fast as they could and having to kind of having to get on all fours to get up to the steepness of the hill and therefore using kind of a hopping motion and that it was multicolored. But she was 100% sure that it was that it was the primate and that she discovered it was definitely Bigfoot. That's not exactly what I saw. I saw a bear, but I didn't see an ordinary bear like could actually exist. Bears don't live in that area of Wisconsin, and the ones that live in Wisconsin at all are black bears that get maybe 300 pounds if they're pretty big. Right, yeah. This was enormous. I would estimate the size of a small car. It was just a gigantic bear, and it was multicolored. And bears don't really aren't multicolored, like almost like striped. They're yeah, that's that. that'd be very unusual. Yeah, you know, and just to demonstrate how rare bears are in that area, the next year, twenty twenty, a black bear did get loose in Richland County, and it was so rare that it made the news, and the DNR quickly showed up and you know tranquilized it and returned to its habitat. Mm-hmm. They don't get bears there. And bears like the one that I saw. I, I am not a frightening person. I really, you know, I've never seen a UFO. I don't see things in general. But I clearly saw this as real and physical as anything else I've ever seen. And it was not like graceful or floating along or like a projected image or something. There's this big physical creature that's just going as fast as it possibly can up this very steep hill. And we both saw the hopping motion and that it was struggling with the angle of the hill. And we both saw it for, you know, about five seconds and it was in the woods and it was gone. That was our experience. We have talked about it many times since then. And... You know, I have tried to come up with any mundane explanation that would explain that, but I don't have anything. You know, I know what a hog looks like. I know what other animals that might be there would look like. It didn't look like that. It was this strange, multicolored, gigantic grizzly bear. Wow. And, or it was Bigfoot, you know? <laughs> it, was, it was something. It was something very big, moving very fast. And I had the distinct impression that it didn't want to be seen by us or that it suddenly realized that we could see it, that it didn't, like, communicate with us in any way. It didn't even acknowledge us, it didn't look in our direction, but it seemed to be trying to get away as fast as possible. There you go. I, I don't know what really any of that means, but that is what happened. No, it's so interesting. It's especially interesting that you and your wife are both, you know, confident in what you've seen and that the other one didn't necessarily influence you. You know, in other words, you, you explained to her what you saw and she didn't go, well, maybe it was a bear. She's pretty confident what she saw. Oh, no. She's, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really this interesting. Day, she's, she's certain that she saw an ape like creature. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And... I saw a bear. The distance was not such that we're just seeing like a blob, you know? Right. 
we're fairly close. You know, I would say it's it's tough to gauge, you know, distance precisely, but 100 yards. Okay. I mean, you could clearly, wherever you're seeing, you're definitely seeing that, you know. And she said that when she saw it, it, it was on all fours. Yes. Yeah. She has the distinct impression that it usually walks upright, but that because of the steepness of the hill, it had to get on all fours to get up there, kind of like the apes in Planet of the Apes. Right. Yeah. That, it's and it, it's know, not as far as Bigfoot sightings go. It's not unusual at all for people to report that you know two leg down to four leg locomotion and and back to two sometimes. You know, so that that doesn't color the sighting in any way for me. Speaking of coloring, though, let's get into this multicolored thing. You said it several times. You said you both agreed on the coloring. So what did that look like? It was black and brown and, like, blonde and possibly some red. She definitely saw the reddish kind of orangutan-like color, but also the darker colors. Natural animals don't really look like that a whole lot, you know. Almost, I have a perception, almost like a raccoon has stripes that's somewhat like that. Wow. But, yeah, multi, multicolored. I know this is, well, it's kind of woo, but let me just mention it. I have on my right forearm a fairly good-sized tattoo of a grizzly bear. And when I got that tattoo done, which was over a decade ago. I had, they went over it once in black, once in brown, and once in gold. I don't know if that connects to anything at all, but it seemed worth mentioning. You know? It's certainly an interesting um, detail. That's certainly an interesting factor into this. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't know why something somehow related to my tattoo would be what I saw. But, yeah, it was somewhat similar to that. That's um, really interesting. You know, it's, it's a very strange thing. And I can, you know, I know I can say, neither her nor I are people who have a lot of sighting. Not there's anything, you know, some people do. Some people legitimately do. Mm-hmm. But, no, this was... Other than seeing a apparition of a regular person when I was a small child, this is like the only thing I've ever seen in my life, and similar for her. And the poor child, I thought it was really great that we saw it at the same time, we can kind of at least confirm for each other that something did happen here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, if I was driving alone, I don't know how I would have handled that. You right. Know, I, my, I kind of thought I was really having some problems because it just came just out of nowhere. This was not an exciting trip. We're just kind of driving along. It's nice, you know, but there's not much going on. And suddenly, there it is, you know. And I said, what is this? What is going on here? And it was, I mean, well, it's, it stayed with us, you know, for a while, but we, we you know, it's one of those the strangest experience of my life, period. And it's quite wonderful. And let me 
add some uh, on top of your woo there. And just, <laughs> again, I have no I don't know how this stuff works. I love it all, and I'm, it's my job to document it. And then I'll get, sit back and make guesses. But I'm wondering if yeah. whatever it was, so, so the other, you know, it's it's some something other. It's out there, and it didn't want to be seen. And it says, "I need to project something outward so these folks don't see what I really am." And it's it's sitting there and it's looking for options. Like, this is very woo, I know, but it, it and it goes no, no, I, I, and it goes okay. I, this, this guy here, he likes bears. He's got one on his arm. That's it. Bear, 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 bear. And he's, he's just the whole time he's projecting bear, 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 bear. But it's like it wasn't enough f- to cloak for your wife or whatever. Like it worked for you because you had the connection with the tattoo, but it didn't work for her. I know this is completely woo, but it's in science fiction, but it's just, no, that, you know, as, that makes a lot of sense. If it was somehow able to scan our minds and come up with an appropriate image, that would be what would be in my mind. Yeah. And when I bring up Planet of the Apes, it's one of her favorite movies. I mean, she should have seen, like, all of them repeatedly. So that would be probably be something that's in her mind. Oh, that's interesting, and, too. Yeah. You know, that would be the material from which something could draw from and create its costume, you know? Yeah, that makes total sense. Oh, it's, it's, it's um, so interesting. It's such an interesting sighting. Well, that's an interesting area, too. The previous year, we had gone there and visited my grandmother at the same time of the year and had gone and found the grave of my earliest uh, American ancestor. And while we were looking around in the kind of the valleys between the hills, I remember commenting to my wife that, you know, I could I could see a leprechaun here. I don't mean like Lucky Charms. I mean a real leprechaun. Right, right. <laughs> it just had this vibe of this is a different kind of area than what a lot of places are. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in the rural environment and then live in the city. But neither of those was like this. The Richland County, the Driftless region just seems like it's like it's a, a thin zone, like it's a window area. Mm-hmm. And it seems like something like that would happen there that might never happen here or a number of other places that, you know, just driving around. Yeah. I just, some places have that magic or, you know, if you want to call it magic or uh, maybe the opposite thereof if, if it's a frightening experience, but... Honestly, your sighting, well, your sighting is the one I want. I want that sighting uh-huh. that's uh, you know nice and safe from a car. I think I think that would be awesome. Oh yes, at no time were we like scared of it, mm-hmm. which was very nice. We were in the car, and it was running away. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, it was the opposite of anything intimidating, or you know, it wasn't trying to scare us or anything. It's like the, the opposite. It just really seemed to want to get out of sight. When you and your wife, you know, get to talk about this, and she tells you what she saw, how shocked are you? Not really that shocked. Really? That's that's interesting. Because, well, I knew that the bear that I saw was not possible. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, oh, wow, that's a really huge bear. I wonder where that got away from. No, it, I knew that neither one of us had seen anything normal. Okay. There was nothing normal about that experience. Okay. Um, that a bear that big couldn't really be there. Everybody would, would, would know that it was there, and it's not anything like native to the area. Mm-hmm. And it's not like anything even exists in the real, the, the normal world. Like, you see a bear at the zoo, it's not like that. Right. You know, I, I knew what I'd seen was something unusual. It was something paranormal, you know, something other, not just this cake bear. You know, that would have been more surprising to me than just about anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, it was it was something very strange, and it didn't really surprise me that that's that's what she'd seen. We were on the same page, even though what we saw was something different. Right. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. Do you have time to tell us the childhood apparition story? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yes. When I was seven, and I remember this very clearly because I never dream of being in my own house or my own bed. You know, I don't have dreams generally that I'm not clear, you know, that I'm at the same place where I'm actually sleeping. Mm-hmm. So this was, this was definitely an effort. I awoke and I'm the old seven-year-old boy and there's a woman in my room who's sitting in a yoga type position. I believe it's called the lotus position. Okay. But she she's floating about three feet off the ground. Oh wow. And she was not scary. She was not fantastically beautiful. She was just a regular person. If I saw her at the mall I wouldn't have thought twice about. And she's wearing kind of like workout clothes, like kind of Jane Fonda era, mm-hmm. like kind of a maybe a leotard or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting in this pose position, floating about three feet off the ground. And at some point, it's almost like we lock eyes. She becomes aware that I can see her. And as soon as she becomes aware of that, she breaks out of the position and walks right through the wall and is gone. Oh, wow. And I never saw her before. I never saw her since. And I went back to sleep. Mm. And <laughs> when I got up in the morning, I immediately told my mother about it, who told me I was, I'd had a dream. Right. But I knew I had not had a dream. I, you know, I, I know what a dream feels like, and I know that this was that fast. You know, it only happened once. It happened exactly once. And I didn't know what to make of it. A few years later, when I was reading a book about psychic stuff, and they described astral traveling, or out-of-body experiences, and I was like, bingo, that's exactly what it was. I don't know that, but that it's like that. That's what I've always believed it was. As in, you saw but, someone who was astral projecting. Yes, exactly. Oh, interesting. And probably not looking for me. Mm-hmm. Probably have nothing to do with me. But ending up probably by accident in 
my house in my bedroom. Yeah. This is absolutely strange experience that I can remember to this day. And just this blonde lady that was probably in her 40s and, again, neither scary nor idealized, just a regular person. Yeah. Again, it was one, one-off encounter. You saw that and never, nothing came of it. You know, she didn't want me. Never saw her again. But that did, that has stuck with me. Well, I think it would. I think it would absolutely <laughs> stick with me. But the fact that it's, in a sense, unremarkable, like you said, in that it wasn't, you know, some super beautiful uh, blonde alien entity, you know, one of the, the, the tall blonde ones that they say are completely beautiful, <laughs> or some sort of like creepy, horrible thing that, that it was, other than the fact that she was there and then walked through the wall, was fairly matter of fact. There's something about the unremarkable nature that makes it remarkable in that sense. Yes, yes. Well, I told a friend of mine about it once. I said, well, you're watching too much Adrian O'Jeanie. I was like, no, it wasn't like that. It was just a regular person. And again, she was sitting there until she could become aware that I could see her. And then she was gone. Yeah. Which was, I guess, not that different from this creature that we saw that seemed to be aware that we could see it. Mm. And I don't want to be seen. I want to be gone. So that's, yeah, that's a commonality that they have. Just seem to be a desire not to be observed. And how many of these other you know accounts do we have people waking up things in their bedroom who seem either surprised or shocked that the people can see them? And then, you know, they usually move on from there. And it's usually like, yeah, oh, they can see me, yikes, and they disappear or whatever else happens. So, yeah, checks that uh-huh. box, too. Uh-huh. Very interesting, very yeah. interesting. So to go back to the Bigfoot setting one more time, yeah. have you driven through the area since? No, I have not. Okay. Um, with everything shut down, we're trying to make it there sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I realize that it, everyone's plans kind of got messed up for a couple of years there. Yeah, yeah. We've been there in 2018 before coming back in 2019, but we haven't been there since. Okay. Well, I'm interested, if you have plans to go back, I'm interested, A, if you see anything, of course, but B, just if it changes your perception of the area when you drive through there again. Oh, yes. I'm going to get back there. There's a lot going on with the the Driftless region that's very weird, very interesting. And other people that I've kind of gotten to know there's a disproportionately high number of things that happen in that area. And I don't know why, but it, it certainly is. Yeah. And the, like, Richland County, for example, is has a lot of ghost towns. It used to be much more prosperous. And it's mostly depopulated now. And it used to have factories, and it used to have different things. And there are whole towns where almost nobody lives. There are a lot of boarded up buildings and a lot of places where slowly nature's kind of taking back over. Mm-hmm. That gives you a real unusual, I don't mean in a threatening way, but just kind of a, a strange vibe about the whole area. 
uh, definitely felt every time I've been there in recent years. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that that checks boxes too. Places where people once were and now are not. That tends to attract this stuff. Yes, yes. Vincent, thank you so much for sharing your stories. I'm interested when you go back to that area. Like I said, it, whether you see something or not, of course. But I'm interested in in uh, your perceptions when you go back. I certainly will be in touch. Hey, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You have a good night. Right now, someone out there is listening. They're trying to hear their podcast and they're distracted by a puppy. (laughs) And they're thinking, I need help. I need help with this puppy because it's barking too much. It's mouthing and biting. I can't get it potty trained. It has issues with fear and nervousness. It's chewing on things it shouldn't be chewing on, like shoes and furniture. I need help with crate training with this puppy. This puppy is having hyperactivity issues. I need help with leash training. Well... Whoever you are out there, we have a solution for you. It's 90 days to the perfect puppy. They can help you with your puppy problems. They have a relationship-based approach to training that helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources like video lessons, a secret Facebook group. One-on-one options are, of course, available. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. Let 90 days to the perfect puppy help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for each other. Again, it's sithappens.us. There's a 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. The Strange Familiar Stereo View Society? Yes, that's right. You gotta add the F in there. The Strange Familiar Stereo View Society continues. The thing is, I've run into a near endless supply of stereo views. (laughs) So that's why we have a lot of these lately. We're just kind of going through and... Picking up the Strange Familiar. Yeah, well, that's what I do anyway. I found found a whole box of them and I just started picking out any ones I thought would be interesting. And I've been waiting for a Bigfoot show to do this one. I would say this is probably a later stereo view, wouldn't you think? There's no date on it, but it seems like one that's probably a little bit later. I think so, just because the um, exhibit looks to be a little bit later. Yeah. It's not a Bigfoot, but you could claim it is. Yeah, it's true. It's a male of some sort. Indeed it is. It is labeled a gorilla. But it's sort of a nonspecific... Um, yeah, it's upright walking. It's a whole family, right? The whole gorilla family here is is upright walking. So it's it's kind of Bigfoot-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sure in the wonder that is the 3D effect of stereo views, it would look like they're in your living room with you. We really do need to start selling stereo viewers. Yeah, that would be helpful. I promise we'll dig up some other curiosities. Yeah, it won't be all photos. Soon, <laughs> so it's not stereo views every week. But uh, th- this, one, this one is actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of on point for the show. I like a theme and we hardly ever get like, it's like, well, tonight... Uh, why don't you just dig up one of your many photos of uh, ghosts, a Bigfoot? I'm like, <laughs> we never have any aliens. And I ran through all the hex books. Like yeah. I had that whole backlog of, of hex books that, that we ran through. But no, this one, uh, so gorillas, they kind of look Bigfooty. They're upright walking in a stereo view. This one won't be very expensive. If you go to the show notes, you can see an image of this. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week. 
Lots of old photos there on Etsy as well. Allison has added quite a few to the store. I have artwork up there, originals and prints. All of my books are up there. When you purchase them from Etsy, they come signed by me. Some of my music is on there and much more. Our shop name is Lost Grave, but if you type in Strange Familiars, our stuff will come up. The second edition of The Witch Cloud is on Etsy as well. You can get it with or without the audio download, and that is available on Bandcamp too. Thanks to everybody who bought a copy of that. It's still available. The Witch Cloud is also available on Amazon, as are most of my other books, but not all of them. You know who I forgot to thank, Allison? Bigfoot? <laughs> thank you, Bigfoot. I feel like he really owes, he's really a pretty integral part, and he's not really getting any kind of residuals or anything. <laughs> Thanks so much, Bigfoot, for, for adding so much to our to our. I'd list. also like a little shout-out to Sasquatch. Yeah? Can't forget the Albatwitch. Yeah, yeah. Little guys always get left out. Mm-hmm. No, our friends at Sloom. Yeah, this isn't a commercial. This is just they were really nice to us. They were very nice, and we ordered some wool socks, and they included some extras for us. So I want to thank them so much. Thank you. And if you're looking for wool stuff, Sloom.com, S-L-O-O-M-B.com. They're wonderful people. Thanks, Sloom. Thank you so much. Sloom and Bigfoot. Sloom, Bigfoot, yeah. Might as well thank uh, the ghosts and all the hermits as well. I forgot to mention on Etsy, our friends at Karmic Garden have Strange Familiar scents. They've got Flannel Man scents. They've got all kinds of other wonderful scents for soaps and candles and all kinds of personal care supplies. And of course, Chad's on Etsy as well with his Ruck Rabbit Outdoor Shop, ever-changing inventory of hatchets and knives and wool stuff. Check it out. Well, that's it for this episode of Strange Familiars. I think next week we'll be doing pretty interesting historical show. It's a hermit show, but it's not like the other hermit shows. This one involves murder most foul <laughs> by dynamite. It's quite the story. We'll be back soon with more strange familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stone Breath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. We're on Instagram at strangefamiliars, one word. And you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.